good to be here again. Just to say I've had the privilege of spending, uh, well, Friday evening and then Saturday, yesterday, with your leadership team. And that is always a privilege uh, to be invited into such contexts and to be able to share life together. And um, it's, a, it's a huge uh, privilege, it's a great pleasure for me to be able to be able to interact on that level, some of which, you know, that will filter out into your environment as time goes by. Um, but there's a huge level of trust that I know that I'm giving, given here. Um, and I don't take that lightly, so I wanted to say thank you, particularly to the, the leadership team, but also to you as a church, uh, for the trust you place in me, um, and also actually in the church that... Uh, that I have the privilege of being part of the leadership team of. Eastgate is um, a fun environment to be in. Um, I was preaching a couple of weeks ago in our church. I said, if you, if you don't like being in a place that changes, then Eastgate's probably not the place to be um, because it really is a fast-moving environment. Um, and uh, we've learned from many others, and uh, we're happy to pass on what we've learned to you. Um, knowing that there's still, there's still a lot more to learn. and um, So we're learners, and I like to learn from every environment I go in, so I've just learned that Top Bants is... <laughs> top Bants, that's one I can take home. That might even translate from Scottish into English. <laughs> and a friend of mine, um, I'm a doctor, a medical doctor, some of you might not know that, but most of you probably do, and a friend of mine also went, school friend, he studied medicine as well, and um, his first job, once he qualified, was in Glasgow, I think it was Glasgow, and uh, he worked at the children's hospital, did you have a children's hospital here? Yes, yeah. And so I was trying to, I think it was Glasgow or Edinburgh, but I'm pretty certain it was Glasgow, and like me, he's a southern boy, and um, he had to go, and he used to have to um, work in the, the A&E department there with, and... Um, he had to have a nurse with him all the time to translate. <laughs> literally, because he literally couldn't understand what people were saying. You know, not, not just he couldn't understand, but actually the words. Yeah. They're different, or they mean something different, you know, because you know, that, that goes on around the place. That you think. Um, my wife and I had, had the privilege of spending three months uh, living in Redding, California, and being part of Bethel Church back in 2009. And um, once again there, we, we, we realised that actually we were hearing words, but we had no idea what they meant. <laughs> now, they were words we were familiar with. Yeah. Uh, but we also did it back the other way. Um, so I remember we, we, had a, we were there for three months, we had a hire car, but we had to re renew that hire every month. We just wouldn't quite do it for a month. You know, they wouldn't do it for three months, you had to do it monthly. Um, but they let us do it over the phone. And um, what... The first car we got, we, we, we really needed it to have a bigger boot size. It didn't fit the bags in quite, you know, so, so I thought, well, that's it. And they're very good. They're really good at, at changing things over there. If, you know, customer service is, is really a good deal over there. So, so I thought, and they said, oh, you know, just phone us up, tell us what you want, and we'll uh, arrange it. So I phoned these guys up and said, and they said, is your car okay? And they said, yeah, it's great. I said, we've got one, just got one problem. Um, the, the boot's not big enough and we can't fit our bags in there. And there's this puzzled sort of sound on the uh, Sorry, sir? Uh, the boot's not big enough and we can't fit our bags in. <laughs> there's this, obviously, this puzzled 
I, could, you can, I couldn't see them, but I could imagine what this, this person's face was looking at. So, then I suddenly thought, oh no, trunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm just trying to see how somebody was pack picturing trying to fit our bags into a boot. <laughs> that was obviously because I used the word trunk, you see. So, and, uh, and then they would use the things. There's all sorts of words that we had to learn. And one, 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 whoops, having been in Bethel Church, what we realised is we had to actually understand the language and then put it in the a, in a culture that we were in, in Kent. And you're doing the same here in Scotland. You always have to enculturalise everything. But, um, but what I want to talk to you about today is, is what does heaven's culture look like? What time have I got to land next week? <laughs> Half past. Okay, fine. So as long as I know where I'm aiming at, I'll be fine. So I'll send you out some, some thoughts. Um, and I want to focus in on a couple of things um, in particular. but Because um, we, we sing about it, we talk about it, you know, heaven on earth, heaven on earth, heaven on earth. But unless we understand what heaven is then it's, it's, it's difficult to express it on earth. So we really have, now most of us have, a, a, if you've got any degree of church experience, then that will have coloured and, and, and directed your thinking around what heaven might be like. Um, so if I say to you, well, if you had to pick out um, just one, one way of, of describing heaven, how would you do it? And I give you... One word. Sorry? Glorious? Glorious Glorious is good. Presence. Nice. Glorious, presence. Anybody else? So, love. Did somebody say love? That's a really good one. Yep. Excellent. Love. Sorry? Joyful. Yeah, good. Oh, this is true. It's great, isn't it? Freedom, yeah, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. How about, how about the word Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, Jesus actually is and was heaven on earth. And he's, he's the model that we need to follow. So let's pick on the words. Is Jesus glorious? Yeah. Is Jesus love? So if you want to look for a model of love, then Jesus is the best one. Is Jesus joyful? Mm. How happy is Jesus? Extremely. <laughs> Seriously, the Bible tells us that he was anointed with the oil of gladness above so he's actually the, the happiest guy so if you want a model of happiness Jesus is your model that's not always reflected in church life no. and it's certainly not the perception of most people no. out there um, freedom yeah. was Jesus free amazing how did he express his freedom those big questions. And if, you said, broadly speaking, the public 
would they use the word freedom as a way of expressing an experience of church life? Mm, probably not, probably not. Do you understand? So, um, one of the great delights in my life at the moment is, is that when people come into Eastgate, and this is non-Christians and Christians alike, and this is into our building, our environment, the, the, the first thing nearly everyone says is, wow, so free in this place. You can feel the freedom. So literally, feel, and I, now, when people first started to say that, I thought, well, I don't know, what, how do you feel freedom? Yeah. What does it feel like? But that's what people express to us. And it's, it's, you know, even within this last week, people just come in and say, wow, this is freedom. And freedom is, is, is a huge, huge deal. It's a big, big deal. And in fact, it's one of the biggest deals in the world for humanity. If somebody takes away your freedom, it's the worst punishment they can do, isn't it? That's why we have prisons. How about... What do you think of human slavery and trafficking? You're allowed to have an opinion about it. I'm not, there's not, I'm not asking you, there's not, yeah. please don't feed me my answer, but that should bother us, shouldn't it? Yeah. That isn't heaven on earth, is it? How about sickness? Sickness, you see, well, I'll try and teach you our folks about it. When we, when we heal the sick, that's good, it's great, and it's amazing, but it's not the end of the story. That, that, that basically, what you do when you heal the sick is you set people free to live the life that God's given them. Yeah. Healing's not the end of the story, do you see? So, so we had an 82-year-old guy come to our healing centre two weeks ago. This is one of my favourite stories of the moment. <laughs> so I keep on telling this. 82-year-old man, uh, both knees shot, needed knee replacements, couldn't hear very well, wasn't deaf, but he couldn't hear very well, and I can't remember what the other problem was, um, but general, 82-year-old, not enjoying free health, you know. So, um, we, we live in North, North Kent, just southeast, just, just outside London, that's where we are, um, and uh, this man lives on the Isle of Wight, which is off the south coast of the UK, just below Southampton. So he got a ferry at four o'clock in the morning in order to get to Eastgate by 10 o'clock in the morning to be at our healing centre. Wow. Why would you do that? <laughs> so, not if I, we're, we're asking, that's a long way to come. And at 82, it was the first time he'd left the island in months because he couldn't very well. <laughs> we decided he had more faith than we got, so we... we was, <laughs> so we're just, we're just joining with your faith you're, you're, you're. <laughs> and that's what like, the people pray for him they didn't pray for him they just said we're just joining with you we'll blow on your faith your, your, your faith is amazing it's like the, you know, the lady who, who decided she got to catch Jesus and we, we thought what, what, what more are we supposed to do here so all of a sudden boing, he's, he can hear <laughs> All of a sudden he says, I can't do this. 
Then he starts to walk around our auditorium, which is quite large. Then he decides, really going to check this out. Next thing, he's running up and down our stairs. (laughs) (laughs) And at the end of of the morning, he gives us his testimony, literally in tears, just amazed at what God has done. I want to tell you, because... See... (laughs) The secret of Eastgate is not Eastgate. The secret of Eastgate is Jesus. But that's your secret as well. You have the same Jesus. So this is not a unique thing that we're just trying to put on display. The idea of heaven on earth is not little pockets where it can be, but actually wherever Jesus is manifest, it will be. Same day we had a guy from our church who was, had such severe vertigo. It hit him on the Thursday that um, they had to take him, he's only a young guy in his early 30s, and he was so severely affected that they actually thought he'd had a stroke. He was taken to the hospital. And uh, they had, he had you know, scans that showed he hadn't had a stroke, but he was so severely affected, he couldn't, he, everything was out, he just couldn't move his head, and he was sick all the time, felt wretched. Have you ever had, anybody had vertigo? I don't know what vertigo is. Is that an English language that doesn't translate? It comes above the border, does it, that one? So, uh, um, it's like motion sickness, if, you know, it's just but of a horrendous degree. And um, so, and that's Thursday, went home. His response, because the doctor said, actually, it's going to take, this is going to take you probably months to recover, and that's just to even get your balance back. Now, my estimation is usually two to six weeks, isn't it, Nick? Something like that. So put the doctor on the front. And so it's certainly weeks you're looking at with something like that. And uh, he and his wife refused to, to believe that. Now, this, listen to me. This kept, they, not they refused to believe the doctors because the doctors are giving a very valid yes. medical opinion. Yes. This, is, this is what you can expect on a human level. Yes. But they refused to limit their expectation to the human level because actually Jesus is not restricted is it? He, so he, he, now, this is really important. We don't deny reality, but we can rise above reality. So they worshipped for six hours in the hospital. They put their worship music. This is while he's in hospital. They just got the, so, so they're in the, the, the little cubicle of the day. So they're worshipping together for six hours. And he goes home still feeling wretched. But they're worshipping. Next day, they're good. On the Saturday, his wife, she just get opens up her emails and it's got an email from Eastgate and she says get your clothes on it's the healing centre we're going to the healing centre it's the same morning as the guy came from the Isle of Wight so he, this is this guy's testimony Mark he says he, he walked in and said if you'd seen me you would have thought I was a 90 year old he was so and he, he was carrying his sick bucket with him couldn't move his head he was rigid you know, and uh, looking pretty green and um and by the end of the morning, he was just about dancing, wow. completely, completely set free. <laughs> he is, oh, and he just—he just overwhelmed. Just giving his testimony, he just staggered. It's a staggered. So within the last two weeks, we've got stories of cataracts disappearing <laughs> in front of, literally in front of. Oh, this is a guy, another church, who's actually linked to us, does our evening school. He said, a lady in his church, as you pray for her, the cataract disappeared. Another lady in our evening school, uh, prayed for two weeks ago, 
on the first day of our evening school, first evening of our evening school, hasn't needed a hearing aid ever since. <laughs> this is kind of One of our daytime students, she said, they had a £50,000 debt that has just been wiped out by extraordinary, miraculous provision. £50,000 debt just been wiped out. <laughs> a, a lady, again, this is sort of stepped into our sort of environment and she, she's been, uh, had no contact with her daughter for quite a length of time. Does family breakdowns. And uh, she started our daytime school and I think five days later, daughter phoned her up, re-established contact. So, the, so what I'm trying to tell you is, <laughs> heaven's, heaven's kind of applicable to all, all aspects of life. It's not just about sort of um, physical healings, it's, the, it's, it's amazing. But from my mind, the, the key thing to understand, if you want that, is understand how authority works. And that's one of the things that, that your leadership team and I've been looking at over the last couple of days. Um, what's heaven's authority look like? So I've already given you the clue, so, so, so give me one word, what does heaven's authority look like? Got it, you're there, okay, <laughs> okay, so, so, okay so, so, so how did Jesus use authority? What did, what did authority look like in Jesus' life? Because if you want to have heaven's resources released, then you need to know how heaven's authority works, because authority releases resources. Okay? I haven't got time to go into that, but authority, put that down, authority releases resources. You say that in every, every walk of life, you know, actually. Yeah. So if you want the resources of heaven, you need to know how the authority of heaven works. And in order to reuse, use the resources of heaven in an appropriate way, you need the wisdom of heaven. Yeah. So you need to know what the wisdom of heaven looks like. And the Holy Spirit is a spirit of wisdom and revelation. He wants to reveal things to you. And then he wants to give you the wisdom to know what to do with that revelation. When when God gives you a revelation, it's not to puff you up. It's always to serve other people. When God gives you authority, I want to give you a headline on this, it's always to enable you to serve others. It's never to puff you up. God never gives you authority to give you a position over anybody else. Okay. We're really doing a lot of headline acts here, so we're going to cover a lot of ground. Okay, so, so I've studied, I've probably studied authority um, throughout the Bible more than anything in the last five years because it's gripped me. Because I think it's, it's, God keeps on taking me back to it. I just think we have to get this right. Um, so there are lots of passages um, in the Bible. So if we just actually have a look, quick look at one. Um, Matthew 21, okay? Verse 23 says, Jesus entered the temple courts, and while he was teaching, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? So they're recognizing authorities, he's got authority. It's not, it's not saying you haven't got any authority. It says, but you've got authority, but who gave it to you? Where, 
Where do you get your authority from? What's your source of authority? Okay. Um, so there's the question. Jesus replied, I will ask you, also ask you one question. If you answer me, I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism, where did it come from? Was it from heaven or from men? They discussed it amongst themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask them, why didn't you believe him? Because when you acknowledge something comes from heaven, there's, there's, there's a responsibility of how you respond to it. You know, those two words go together, responsibility and response. I don't know if you ever put those two together. It's, <laughs> it's, but, so, but they say, if we say from men, we're afraid of the people, for they, are hold, they will hold that John was a prophet. Now that's an interesting thing, because what you've got there is that, that the people were able to discern yeah. heaven's gift and authority invested in somebody, but the religious authorities didn't want to recognise it. Why do, you th- why do you think they didn't want to recognise it? Because it was a threat to their religious structures. Why? Because religious structures restrict freedom. Okay, so here's another headline news. Heaven's authority is always given to increase freedom, not decrease it. In a society. I can explain that in greater detail if you want me to, but it's a, the outcome of, of heaven's authority being released on planet Earth is greater freedom. So the man from the Isle of Wight, he, he recognised something, he came because he realised that heaven's resources were available to him, so he came and got it, and now he got a freedom in his life that he didn't have before. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... And basically, they refused to answer. They answered Jesus, we don't know. Then he said, neither will I tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. Now, what, what intrigues me is the validity of the question in the first place. That of, 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 there, there are two sources that are outlined here. Did the authority come from heaven or did it come from earth? Yeah, does that make sense? And I'm not saying earthly authority is wrong. That We need earthly authority. So you need the police... We need the army. We need, we, need, we need regulations within society. Actually, and properly used, they increase freedom within society. Yeah. Don't say that. So actually, yeah. people who are a threat to society being imprisoned, which looks like you're taking away their freedom, actually enhances freedom in society. Yeah. But where that's used, in, say, say you take somebody into a police state where the authority is used to imprison people because they don't believe with the, the system, yes. then it's been used in a way that takes away freedom. Yes. Hmm? How does freedom work in church? How does authority work in church? If, if authority within church makes people less free, yes. then we've got cause to question it. Yes. Make sense? And we have to be willing to, to, to dig underneath and see, oh, wow, didn't realise that was there. Let's have a look at heaven's wisdom and, and earthly wisdom as well. So turn with me to James chapter 3. James chapter 3. Now I'm going to read from the New Living Testament. Um, the NIV is uh, for New Living Translation. Um, 
I've been delving into this in, in, in lots of different um, versions at the moment because I'm trying to get underneath the skin of it as best I can. Um, so in James chapter 3, uh, verse 13, it says, If you're wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Um, Heaven's wisdom will produce heavenly humility. Often earthly wisdom produces false humility. And again, I'll I'll try and explain that. False humility is is not good news. Um, But there's a lot of it around. So false humility looks like I'm not very good. Or I'll translate it into even more extreme Christian language, I'm a worm, or I'm an onion. (laughs) Don't know the onion one? The onion one is that there's always another layer to come off, and it's always going to be tears, it's always, and eventually I'll I'll be reduced to the minimum (laughs) somewhere, somehow, somehow we get down to the real me that is really, truly, but there's probably still another layer to come off. And your, your life is reduced to this sort of oh, <laughs> microscopic particle. <laughs> that is a very, very common, common discipleship yes. model that is based on earthly wisdom and false humility, yeah. and it's anti-biblical. Yeah. How does God transform you? from one degree of glory to another. God is looking to add things to you, not subtract. His his idea of discipleship is growth. Now, sometimes that growth requires pruning. Yeah, but let's, so. So, so, if you're bitterly jealous, jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For your jealousy and selfish ambition are not God's kind of wisdom. I like that. <laughs> They're not God's kind of wisdom. In, 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 in Romans 12, it says it teaches you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It also says, don't be conformed to what? The pattern of this world. See, see the world is going to try and mould you. But sometimes the church will try and mould you as well. So what mould are we looking for? You've got one word to answer this? All right. yeah, okay. <laughs> it's very simple. I'm going to make this is the simplest sermon you're ever going to have. Because all you've got to remember is the one word. He's, he's the model. He is God. He is heaven on earth. Where he lived on planet earth was sinless perfection. Isn't that amazing? Sinless perfection walked on earth. That's heaven. No sin in heaven. Wherever he went, all sickness could be banished. All demons would flee. This sounds sounds like heaven, doesn't it? No condemnation. Wow. Remember the lady in adultery? How did he deal with her? 
When, here's a question that just came to me this morning. I was thinking about it. When Jesus is hanging on the cross, what does his authority look like on the cross? How did Jesus exercise authority on the cross? Stayed there, yeah. So he didn't misuse his authority because he could have called down the, the angelic coast. Yes. He forgave him. Who gave you authority to forgive sins? That's a question. That, that's, that's one of the Pharisees. They know they lie the guy down through the roof. Mm-hmm. And he says, your sins are forgiven. Whoa! You can't do that. Well, just so you show, no, I've got authority to do that. I'm going to do a miracle. Miracles are a sign of God's authority. There's a bigger thing about his, his power and authority to forgive sin. How much sin can he forgive? All of it. That just include the Christians? No, no, no. He's taken the sin of the world. So it's all your sin gone. Do you believe it? Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> and there's a difference between believing it and believing it. So the question of what we believe it, do you actually live in it? Because if you, if you live with guilt and condemnation and shame, then you're living in a lie. Jesus forgave all your sin, past, present and future. The future bit's a bit tricky to understand until you realise that he died 2,000 years ago before you were born. (laughs) Just gotten on to that. Most of us have very little difficulty understanding that Jesus has forgiven our past sin. But the future sin's a bit of a stretch. (laughs) Seriously. It is. Let's be honest about it. Really? That, what, that which I haven't already done, he's already forgiven it before I've done it. Yeah. He forgave it before you were born. Do you so that it's just, Once you sort that out, it's easy. Really? Yeah. You got it sorted before you arrived on planet Earth. It's pretty good news if you ask me. So, here we go. Okay. Uh, hmm. not God's kind of wisdom there we are such things are earthly unspiritual and demonic ooh that's painful isn't it oh you really of the devil there we go that's the NIV up there isn't it so. that is painful how many of you like to think you're getting your wisdom from the devil not a great source. <laughs> not, not to be recommended, really. It's not really. <laughs> Yikes. That really is quality control issue, isn't it? You think. Oh. If I tell you that is rife in Christianity, that should bother you. Ah, <laughs> you want heaven released on earth? I have to recognise when it's stuff we're getting is coming from the wrong source because it's completely opposite. 
For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there we'll find disorder and every and evil of every kind. Okay, so let's go on. Next verse. The wisdom... Oh, I'll do, I'll do it from your one. Don't get confused. The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure. Anybody got a problem with that? Yeah. That sounds good. It means it's uncontaminated. Peace-loving. Everybody on? Oh, you'll be all right for the next one. Consider it. It's good. Now, how about the next one? Well, I'm happy with that one. That's, uh, ooh. There's a big problem right there. Submissive. Ah, you telling me I've got to be submissive? Well, I'm not telling you. It just is, it's in the Bible. Yikes. So what, what do you think has happened to that word? I would say, I tell you, it's become contaminated. So, so heaven's wisdom is pure, it's uncontaminated. And one of the things that you can, one of the best diagnostic indicators I can give you is that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. Yeah? Yeah? Once you see fear, so I would suggest to you that submission, submissive, has become clothed in fear because it's been placed in a context of authority that's not heavenly. That make sense to you? That's why we don't like that word, most of us. Particularly if you're a lady. It's not just ladies. And one of the things I want to, and I'm going to throw this out, and you're going to get the leadership team are going to be exploring this. Equality is not just a male-female issue. It's an, every, it's an everybody issue. And when you get wrong authority, everybody is suppressed. So I'll say this on behalf of your leaders because they agree with me. I know they do. It's not so. It's, they do not want to exercise authority over you. But what you want to get is all the heavenly goodies that God's deposited them for your good to flow into the environment. But let me also say, how many of you have got authority? Are you born again? Not many. <laughs> Not many. Another, another, let's bring out the other sermon now. <laughs> oh, rats. <laughs> I thought I was talking to a Christian audience for a minute. <laughs> okay, so you're born again. Agreed. If you if you're not if you're not get it sorted at the end of the meeting, it's fine. It's, it's easy, very easy. Okay, easy but not so easy. But so if you're born again, how much authority have you been given? Wow. <laughs> Lots of it. Ha ha ha! Wow. How come you don't exercise all of it? Because we got wrong thinking between the ears of what it looks like, what it feels like. Many people are scared of authority because they've got a wrong view of submission.
And also, when you try and exercise authority over somebody, it's not heaven. It just isn't. Won't produce freedom. But when you release the resources of heaven that have been placed specifically inside you, you'll create a heavenly environment. Now, whose responsibility is that? Who do you think? And you? You've got a part to play. You see, this is, this is the key. It's not the leaders who are going to just produce this response. You all get to play a part in creating an environment where heaven is expressed. So I'm going to give you a picture. I'm going to... Oh, yeah, I've got time to do this. So there's lots to do in this. Okay, I'm just going to throw stuff out there. You've got to regain submission because submission and authority are hand in glove. Mutual submission is a beautiful thing. Why don't we call it another word? Respect. Mutual respect. I'm trying to find another language to help you understand. Mutual appreciation. So I appreciate God in you. Yeah, I'm looking at you. So is Jesus in you? Yes. Well, that's good enough for me. That means there's heaven in you. And so I'm going to say this. I happily submit to you. Because you've got heaven inside you and I want what you've got. Because you're... Because the way it looks in you is going to look different to me. <laughs> At the moment, you're submitting to me. It doesn't put me over you. Do you understand? This is, this is the arrangement. I, ha- I happily put myself under the funnel of heaven, which is expressed through every believer. But I will resist it if they try and exercise authority over me. I will resist it if they try and introduce fear into my environment. Does that make sense to you? So we have to learn how our expression of wisdom and authority is actually pure. And that means you have to be really honest with yourself about anything that could contaminate the environment. We have a, an understanding of culture, <coughs> which is, we'll express it, um, has anybody ever been, anybody ever been in a, 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 a round, big round swimming pool? Imagine you're in a big round swimming pool, because um, I've done this in France. Well, I used to go to, there was a place I used to go to in the summer on the Bible, and it had a big round, swimming, big round swimming pool. And what we used to play, we used to get in, and then a few of us, and then you'd you, you stop going in the same direction, trying to push the water in front of you. Yeah. And it's really hard when you start. Trying to push because, and um, <clears throat> but if you get other people to join in as well, eventually you can actually create a current. Yeah, yeah you create a current, and if you get get it going fast enough, eventually you can take your feet up, and you still go round. That that's a picture of culture. Okay, um, what happens if you never put your feet down and push again? It, it, it gradually slows down and stops. <clears throat> what you're trying to do here, and I want to, is, is, is actually produce heaven's culture, yeah. 
and you're going to have to push together to achieve it. Because what happens if you're pushing in the opposite direction? You just get turbulence and you never create, you never create a cohesive culture, which is why this is a problem. So if you think, if you aim sub your submission in the opposite way, you don't get heaven's culture. If you aim your authority or wisdom in the opposite way, it's not surprising that heaven's not expressed. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So, so, so at Eastgate now, this is, I'm saying this so that you, 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 this is an example for you. So we've got the current going around so far, so anybody jumps in, they go, whoo, hey, what just happened to me? Because <laughs> they just jump in. As soon as they come in our building, they experience freedom and joy. So there's a guy who's, who I uh, interact with. He's a director of the development corporation of where we live. And he said to me, Pete, you know, the most amazing thing about Eastgate is I've never seen a miserable face here. It's a non-Christian testimony. Oh, my God. How did that happen? Well, actually, joy is the current. And people come and say, I like working here. It's so peaceful. We have non-Christians come and work in our cafe they say, this is, I love working here. The atmosphere is so amazing. Okay, so, so I'm just trying to paint the picture. Now, what happens if you're, you've got a current going one way and then you decide you want to change direction? It, it is hard work because cause you all have to agree that you're going to turn around. So <laughs> you've got to agree you turn around. And what happens when you first turn around? You go backwards. <laughs> Now, when churches try and change culture, this is confusing. <laughs> it really is. So you go, this isn't working. <laughs> I thought we were going over there. Yeah, no, we're not going that far yet. What's the problem? You've got to push. You've got to push. And you've got to push together. And you've not got to be frightened of the challenge and turn around and just agree with what's already been created. Does that make sense to you? The temptation is that's easier. And sometimes it's easier to fit into a religious environment than create a free one. Because creating a free environment requires more faith and more responsibility. You don't just follow the leader in a free environment. You're responsible. And you're equal. Yes. Say it again, please. <laughs> you're responsible and equal. What's the responsibility of leaders? Help you create the culture. To get the gift of heaven, which is in leadership. So there is a gift, heavenly gift of leadership but it is never to exercise authority over you. It is to help create the environment where heaven can be expressed on planet Earth. Not just so that you can enjoy your Sundays a little bit more, so that literally heaven can be expressed on Earth and Jesus get his full reward. Because it really is all about him. So I'd like to pray for you, okay? What I, what I know is that when we start talking about this stuff, there's, 
things that come out, you start talking about submission and stuff, and if you think, oh, this is painful, because you might have had painful experiences, okay. I want, I want you to be willing to let them go. Is that all right? It might need forgiveness. Sometimes it's not just forgiveness, it's a choice just to let go. Because if you don't let go, it's very difficult to push. If you hold on to this, it's difficult to push that. So I'd like you to stand with me. And only you can decide for you what this looks like. But I want you to look around and say, wow, there's a great bunch of people here. <laughs> I, think, I think Jesus is inside that person over there. <laughs> well, Jesus is inside that one as well. Hey, this is kind of cool. We've got Jesus. Jesus. Oh, we've got lots of Jesuses on display here. <laughs> can you appreciate that in each other before anything else? Just look at each other and think, wow, that is person that God lives. God lives inside that person. And that's good enough for me to start to appreciate that person and recognize heaven's gifting within that person. And then I want you to choose that together you're going to express heaven on earth. And you're all individuals, you'll all do it differently, but you know what, together it needs a corporate cohesion to create the current that will change the world around you. So if I pray for heaven to be released on earth through these people. Jesus, we love the fact that you're our model and we choose to follow you. I want you to do this. Jesus, we willingly submit to you. (laughs) (laughs) Submission is a beautiful thing. And Father, I pray for the the transforming of this environment by the renewing of minds. And Father, where there is fear present, we take authority over that right now and tell it to be gone in Jesus' name. If you recognize fear in you, I want you to take authority over it in your own life and tell it that you don't embrace it. And I want you to thank Jesus that he's given you authority. Jesus, you've invested authority in me. And now I take full responsibility for my life. In this community. To release the culture of heaven. We pray for loving kindness to be released in this place. Yeah. Joy, joy, peace, gentleness. Whoa! Well, there's a big one, gentleness. Patience. Recognize these, these are all fruit of the Spirit. That's how you can know what heaven looks like. If you want a quick checklist, there's a good one right there. Faithfulness. 
self-control. Holy Spirit, fill me now. Flood our beings, we pray. Thank you, Jesus, that the ultimate finale of your mission on planet Earth was the release of Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we love you. Amen.